General. And uh, time now to say good morning uh, to strategist and advisor at ETFSA, Narina Fisser. Hi. Good morning, Sakina, and a happy wet Friday to one and all. <laughs> Indeed. So, so much has happened in South Africa over the past two weeks, as it were, Narina. And um, it was easy to forget uh, that there's still a whole world out there. But let's start with the United States and what's the latest from the world's largest economy. Yes, uh, so in, in the United States today, we see the regular Friday non-farm payrolls numbers that will be coming out today. I think it's going to be important to watch because earlier this week we saw that the initial jobless claims in the U.S. Um, dropped its, gave it at its biggest drop in nearly two years, and that's certainly showing a healthy labor market in the U.S. So we've been aware of, of, of stronger growth in the U.S. coming through for, for a number of months now, and that's certainly also why we've seen the Fed um, being on an interest rate um, increase cycle, a tightening cycle. So um, when we also saw the Fed minutes out um, earlier this week and they talked of draining the balance sheet, as they call it, this certainly is a, is a sign of further monetary tightening. So one would expect that the reaction of the market would be one that is synonymous with a market where you're seeing increases in interest rates and, and, and stronger economic growth evidence and so on. But interestingly enough, the markets reacted with quite a bit of caution and, and it was almost um, contradictory. But I think um, there were certainly some fears that this pace at which the Fed is tightening, um, and not necessarily just with increases in interest rates, but certainly also with this so-called draining of the balance sheet, in other words, getting rid of those excess bonds that they've issued, that this um, pace of, of um, tightening could actually be um, could cap the acceleration of the economic growth. But that was also not the only reason. You know, it was interesting you mentioned the, um, the, the, the missile attack on, on Syria, yeah, yesterday and, and interesting to note that it came on exactly the, the 100 anniversary 100 year anniversary of the United States joining World War One. War so I think when you see these increased tensions in the world, not surprising to see today then that gold, is, um, the gold price is up quite strongly as is the oil price as well. So definitely talking about a global backdrop for us here in South Africa that is definitely increasingly nervous about the rising tensions um, in the Middle East and, and specifically related to Syria. And then um, much of the focus in Europe is on the political front, though, Narina, and that's due to the elections uh, in many of the countries there and also the Brexit negotiations, which are now officially on the go. But what is the ECB doing against this backdrop? So, yes, I think for, for Europe, they are probably in themselves in, in one of the most difficult regions to negotiate at the moment. We've already seen um, uh, elections in the Netherlands uh, late last month. Uh, the French election, as you say, is now coming up. Um, we've got the first round of those elections in two weeks' time on the 23rd of April, and then round two will be on the 7th of May. And I guess after um, almost a surprising loss for the, for the um, political right in, um, in Netherlands, <clears throat> a lot of focus on Marie Le Pen in, in France and whether she will actually have the ability to either be elected or certainly show very strong support in France. So we're seeing a lot of uncertainty in Europe um, around what will happen in terms of the political scene. And so this week when Mario Draghi, the, the um, president of the European Central Bank, spoke, um, it was a little bit surprising that he spoke of the fact that the inflation pickup in Europe has not been as strong as they have been expecting, and, and therefore it's not necessary for them to really accelerate or start any process of tightening in, in the um, European region. So interesting to contrast 
contrast that to the U.S., where we are seeing almost a faster pace of tightening versus the, the ECB that is remaining almost dovish and, and comfortable with where they are. And, and the result of that, of course, has been that the, that the euro has weakened against the dollar. And often we can see that as um, filtering through into the South African rand as well, often following the European or the euro path in terms of, of weakening or strengthening. Of course, we've had a lot of our own domestic issues that's also determined the, the, the direction of the currency, but not, not helped any further by, by the weakness that we're currently seeing in the euro coming through. And Lorena, I guess uh, if we're going to be talking about global affairs, uh, there's a little that can be more important than the bilateral summit between the two largest economies in the world, America and China. And then the presidents are currently engaged in a two-day meeting. What can we expect from this front? You know, I think this is probably the most important relationship in the world and, and the one that will determine over the next couple of years um, really the direction of where we're going. China currently being the second largest economy in the world and, and very likely that in the next five to ten years it will take overtake America as the largest economy in the world. So incredibly important, the meeting between Trump and President um, Xi. They are meeting in Mar-a-Lago, Trump's lovely resort there in Florida, not to be confused with um, the area west of Johannesburg, but they're in America where they are meeting at the moment. And and I think uh, it's, a lot of the focus is going to be on how they maintain the relationship, which um, was quite strained shortly after Trump was appointed. You, you remember that he was it was a bit of a loose cannon in terms of his comments that he made, not only about trade, but certainly also about global relations. So important for these two world leaders um, to make sure that the relationship is on at least on a cordial and a, and a cooperative footing. Um, one of the interesting things that I think we've come to understand a little bit better about Trump um, is that he certainly differentiates when he talks about the role that America wants to play and how he views his so-called America first idea, that there's a difference between political globalization and economic globalization. So it's the political globalization, so things like the United Nations, the World Bank, the IMF and so on, that's a bit that Trump does not like. He wants the sovereignty. He wants countries to be um, focused on make, doing things that's good and right for them. And that's certainly the rise that we've seen in, in, in the political world um, around, not just in America, but certainly around the world. But by contrast, the economic globalization, in other words, the ability to still trade, to still have good um, uh, economic and business relationships, that's really his strong point and something that he definitely wants to, to, to focus on. So they are definitely trying to, to make the pie big if I can put it that way, neither side can really afford to sacrifice this cooperation that they've, that they've got. Um, and I think between the shared interests, um, you know, both countries seem to be fearful that the other is going to steal their jobs. And I guess maybe they should be focusing their efforts on, on all the robots that are stealing jobs of people around the world. So it's certainly going to be an interesting day. A lot of focus will also be on, on North Korea and the potential role that China can play in, in being a stabilizing force in, in Southeast Asia. Asia. Um, so yes, we'll see. You know, that it's good. I think sometimes to be reminded that the world out there is, is not stopped, and that all eyes are not focused on South Africa, um, but that we need to make sure that we remain relevant and important for our own sake. So let's put South Africa first today. <laughs> oh, Marina, thank you so much. You have a fantastic weekend. And that was Marina Fisser, strategist and advisor at ETFSA.